Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede podcast. I'm Billy Embody. Thanks for listening to this edition, which isn't going to be as much fun as previewing SMU Memphis was as SMU's undefeated season is now over. Losing to Memphis 54-48 at the Liberty Bowl Saturday night on ABC. Got a lot of things to share with you guys. Just kind of looking back at this one, I, I wanted to sleep on it and then get a podcast out to you guys. And so we're going to kind of do a quick podcast on on some of my initial thoughts. And then as Sonny Dykes and the players meet with us on Monday and 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 go through their normal routine heading into a homecoming game with, with East Carolina, we'll get you guys a little bit more kind of in-depth looks at, at maybe what went wrong or what happened. But I, I took a lot of notes during the course of this one and for me, a couple things that stood out right away, and I'll lead off with special teams just to get it out of the way because I really don't want to talk about it the entire time because it was so awful. But special teams really let SMU down in this one. I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, you look at you look at where Memphis started uh, with with the football so many times, and it was near around, you know, just behind, you know, midfield. I mean, it was, it was really, really something the way the way Memphis was able to get the ball near midfield pretty much the entire time. Here's the rundown of their their first two drives: 48, 50 yard line. Um, then they started at their own 30. Then they started at the SMU 45. Memphis started at the at their own 44, 47, and then their own 41. Then SMU really got some field position late in the third and early in the fourth quarter when they pinned them at the two with Shane, Shane Bouchelle pinning them inside the two with his quick punts. And then they started at the 46, their own 22, their own 21, and then the SMU 48 one when um, they, they recovered the onside kick. So I think field position was, was awful for SMU, and that really got them behind early on and off balance. That was kind of something that, that really hurt SMU. I mean, they, they started inside their own 27 every drive except three on the evening. So if you think about that, it, it, it was, I mean, it was a disaster in terms of, in terms of, of field position. So SMU was really behind on that. Uh, their kick coverage units were awful. It was, uh, it was just really, really ugly, and and they give up two kick return for a touchdown, one call back, and then Memphis still had the ball in good field position, and then the other was when SMU had kind of, you know, you thought you thought they were kind of they you thought they they were going to um you thought they were going to kind of turn the tide, and then and then they give up a uh, a kick return for a touchdown, and and that kind of. Uh, you know, that, that kind of put SMU so far out of reach that it, it just, they couldn't overcome that when when um, when Gibson ran the, the kickoff back 
for Memphis. So the 97-yard kick return, that made it 30-17, to 17, and certainly a lot of time uh, on that one. But I felt like even though SMU was chipping away the, the entire second half, that really put it put it out of reach, and it, and it forced SMU to to play even farther from behind. So, look, uh, special teams really hurt. I thought the game was terribly officiated, but I thought it was terribly officiated on both sides. I mean, you, you look at the uh, face mask, face mask on, on Richard McBride that wasn't called. That ended up resulting in a Memphis field goal rather than a touchdown. And I think that was right before the half to, yeah, it was. And so if they get that one, then they go up 24-17. Then they're up 31-17, and the game really isn't close from there. And, and SMU's not even able to run the ball probably. Um, with Cayman Freeman, who, who ripped off the 68-yard touchdown run. But anyway, I, I, so, and then there were a couple missed holding calls as well when Memphis was was backed up on its on its two-yard line in the, in the third quarter, uh, late late in the third quarter. That would have, you know, that at that point the game was 24-33. So if SMU gets that safety on the holding call, it's 26-33. That makes it a seven-point ball game. And things are things are totally different. So we'll, um, you know, I, I I don't like to give the the officials a ton of grief, but they were awful. But they were awful for both teams. So um, I, I don't think that's an excuse. And I, I think a lot of the staff would would tell you the same. I think the players would tell you the same. Uh, they pointed pretty quickly to the special teams and and certainly kind of being off early on, you know, falling behind early. I thought that was. Um, something that that um, or not falling behind early, but they they started off you know the first play from scrimmage. Xavier Jones fumbles, and and Memphis drives down the field and and looks like it's going to score a touchdown. Big defensive stand, and that but it just seemed like similar to the UH game where SMU didn't get a uh, fourth down conversion for a touchdown. That was kind of like a okay, all right, what kind of game are we in for? Rather than boost the confidence, get things going and. And then from there, Memphis kind of took over and, and built the 10-7 lead, and then SMU bounced back. But then, you know, Memphis was really able to kind of assert itself more consistently than SMU was. So, overall, I think you got to be impressed with the way SMU battled in this one, and I think offensively, especially because look, the running game was not was not going well at all for, for SMU. I will say, I mean, uh, it, it was bolstered by. Cayman Freeman's big touchdown run, but outside of that, they had about I want to say 56 yards on the ground. My math might be off, but I think it's on point. 56 yards on the ground total on 23 attempts. So there were 24 attempts total for 124 yards, but the SMU offense was was really really struggling to run the football, um, and that. That worked out to just 2.4 yards per carry. And on the flip side of that, and we'll talk about the defense on the other side of the break, but I thought SMU, for the most part, limited Memphis's ability to kind of consistently run the ball. I mean, Kenneth Gainwell, who had been averaging something like six, seven yards a carry, was held to 4.2 yards per carry. Antonio Gibson was just their big play guy, and, and he made plays, and Three carries, 97 yards, set in Memphis record for all time, or for single game all-purpose yards. Just incredible performance by him. But look, offensively, a lot of credit to James Prochet and Rasheed Rice. Thought James going into this one knew he was going to get a lot of attention. 
and and it was kind of tough sledding at times. I thought um, you know Shane Bouchelle got got pressured at certain points and and certainly uh, you know was sacked three times. But in the end, you throw for 456 yards, three touchdowns, no turnovers by either side of the ball, and we'll talk about that more in a second. But um, SMU really they had a great game plan outside of. You probably wish they, they ran the ball a little bit better, more consistently early on to kind of establish that. But, I mean, you go for you go for five, over 550 yards, it's tough to kind of blame the offense in this one, especially when you put up 47 so um, or 40, 40, uh, 48. So um, offensively, I don't think there's a lot wrong. I think the, the this defense just – was able to just stop the run and shut things down. And Xavier Jones said after the game that he didn't play well, period. And so he took a lot of the blame. He had, he had a stinger in the second half at some point. But, you know, overall, I thought the offense played fairly well and, and was able to move the ball. And they just weren't able to finish certain drives. And and um, and and it kind of – it obviously you know, hurt them, at, at especially certain points in the third quarter when it was kind of – Still hanging in the balance, SMU got the ball inside their 25 both times, and and they were able to go um, for a little bit there and, and kind of move the ball all the way down to the Memphis 39 and 44, and then they ended up hunting. So um, overall, though, SMU offense, I, I don't think you can really blame too much. Uh, they played really hard, and and they they battled through a, a cold night without. Then top wide out in the AAC, Reggie Robertson. They're going to have to do that a lot down the stretch here because he's very much uh, out for a while. So as uh, we take a look on the defensive side of the ball, it was a much rougher picture, and we'll do that on the other side of this break from the Pony Stampede podcast. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back to the Pony Stampede Podcast. Thanks for listening. SMU drops its game 54-48 to Memphis. A lot of work needing to be put in by SMU to kind of keep this thing on track, um, at least in the overall sense of the season. Special teams need a ton of work. Defense needs to tighten up a bit. Offense can clean some things up. 
lot of work going to be put in by the Mustangs to do just that. We're putting in a lot of work for you guys as well. So as a favor for us, please leave us a rating and a review and subscribe to the Pony Stampede podcast and let us know how we're doing on that end. And also thank you to everybody who has subscribed to PonyStampede.com. All-time high of subscribers. We're rolling right now in that regard. And if you haven't subscribed, check out the CBS All Access package that uh, CBS and 24-7 Sports just added to your VIP subscription. So you get that $100 value, 10,000 shows on demand and live streaming included in your 24-7 Sports subscription. So check that out. You can try free PonyStampede.com for seven days. Defensively, SMU was, I think, hurt by the fact that Armani Johnson doesn't look 100%. He was available and, and didn't start the game, but certainly was out there and and giving it what he could. And Look, I, I thought Robert Hayes played well in the run game. I, I don't think SMU... I, I think SMU missed tackles at critical points of the game when they, when they had a chance to get a stop. They had third down opportunities and they weren't able to do them. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell, you know, uh, scored a scored a touchdown and 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 was kind of dead to rights, but sl- slipped through and was able to score a touchdown. And, and you know, three SMU defenders couldn't get him down, and I, I think it was a third down run. And and that was kind of the story of the night. SMU had Memphis in situations that were in in a positive, and whether it was Brady White finding Memphis receivers like Demonte Coxey or Antonio Gibson for some back shoulder looks or or just you know giving up eight, eight of a third and long a second and long and, and setting up a third and reasonable from Memphis that was just kind of where SMU just kind of lost track a little bit and while they got a good bit of pressure on Brady White they sacked him four times and they hurt him three times at least statistically it it was really tough i mean it, it, it's a tough tough deal when Brady White was as on point as he was, especially considering the way SMU in a way was able to limit Memphis, at least on the ground, at least stopping Kenneth Gainwell. I thought they did a good job of of taking him out of the game. He had two receptions for 14 yards, 21 carries for 94 yards. So it was kind of a a deal where as he had been balling out, I mean, they they were able to kind of neutralize him in a way, hold him to 4.2 yards per carry. But Brady White said, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and and put this team on my back for 350 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, and even when SMU got pressure on him, they didn't force him to make mistakes and turn the ball over. And and SMU broke its streak of 20 straight games with a turnover, and I thought that was critical. They needed a turnover more than anything in the world on Saturday night to get that win, and they just couldn't get it. Memphis put the ball on the ground once, and it kind of bounced right into an offensive lineman's hands as he was kind of." corralling it but look overall I think defensively they're not going to face at least kind of looking down the schedule I know this to be true they're not going to face a receiving core like Memphis with Demonte Coxey and Antonio Gibson down the stretch certainly not with East Carolina even though they just put up a ton of points on Cincinnati Tulane doesn't have the receiving core that that Memphis has and Navy certainly doesn't so it'll kind of there's a chance you could see it kind of hide it's ugly head right now, but Armani Johnson, clearly not healthy, was able to go. I thought he, him out there hurt was better than Robert Hayes out there the entire time, and, and I thought Rob played well at times. I thought he got called for a kind of questionable PI call because um, I don't think his play on the ball really affected the actual outcome of the play. And then 
Armani Johnson did get burned a couple times. Brandon Stevens got burned by Coxie, where he caught the ball and just shed him. And so, and then, and then Trevor Denbo really struggled. Chase Camardi got burned for a touchdown, but uh, also had a couple breakups in the end zone. So I, I, I think the secondary certainly has been an issue this season. They've been better at limiting big plays. They did not do that tonight, and they. It happened once, maybe twice against against Houston, where it kind of almost killed them. But against Memphis, they really struggled with corralling the big play, and and that happened on special teams too. You know, SMU not able to corral anybody and cover kicks well. Um, so look, I mean, I I think they got enough pressure, or they, they got a decent amount of pressure. Okay, they they had seven tackles for loss uh, by my count right here, and uh, well, eight, nine tackles for loss. And a couple quarterback hurries, but they probably wanted to see more for sure. They weren't opportunistic in in forcing a forcing a turnover. Memphis played really smart, took care of the ball. But overall, um, SMU has a lot of work to do in the secondary. I think it was a, an encouraging game for them, stopping the run. Uh, could have been a little bit better. Had to make key tackles, but I thought the front four played really well for the most part. Though I don't I don't think they were the issue by any means. I think the secondary just kind of struggled at times to make plays when needed. And, and some of those throws were, you know, give credit to Brady White. Some of them were really, really impressive throws, but SMU needed to make plays and, and they just couldn't, they just didn't make enough. And, and it, it, it was a shootout. Yeah. I don't think it was, it was an embarrassing performance by a defense. I think certain moments were terrible. Certain tackling moments were terrible. Uh, long third, a couple long third down conversions were terrible that you don't want to see by any means. But I think Memphis just kind of showed that, look, they're still very, very good football team offensively as a whole, rather than just being Kenneth Gainwell and, and, and DeMonte Coxie making plays at times. So I kind of underestimated Brady White's ability to play clean and do all those things because, well, quite frankly, he hasn't when he's played better competition this year. So naturally, he rises to the occasion and beats SMU uh, for the sixth straight time and, and kind of derails SMU's run of an undefeated uh, season, certainly potentially a Cotton Bowl bid right now. That's still in front of them, still a chance that that can happen. SMU will need Memphis to drop a game, and they play Cincinnati later on in the regular season, and then SMU has to win out certainly to reach the AAC championship game or have a chance to. If Cincinnati can beat Memphis and SMU can win out, SMU heads to the AAC title game, probably to face Cincinnati, and a Cotton Bowl bid could very well be on the table for the Mustangs. So with that, that's some of my initial thoughts on the game. Hope you guys, uh, I know you guys didn't enjoy this podcast, but look forward to all of our coverage kind of as uh, SMU hits homecoming week, looking to bounce back, move to 9-1. and one. They play East Carolina. Saturday at Gerald J. Ford Stadium at 11 a.m. Central on ESPN2. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Pony Stampede Podcast. Hope you guys have a great start to your week. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.